welcome to the Midwest Frontier Podcast. And this is a podcast dedicated to anything in the outdoors in the Midwest. We like to cover hunting, fishing, conservation, a little bit of opinion, and a little bit of lifestyle. We like to talk about the touchy and hot topics. Anything controversial that involves the outdoors. Each week, we try to have a segment with Bush Life Billy where he goes over a recipe or a tip or a trick for cooking. There's so much to talk about, so come and join us on the Frontier. That's the start of the podcast. Mm. That's the start of the podcast. The three clap. The three clap. That's uh, syncing because I got to sync all this audio together. So hopefully it all comes to be a video, you know. So if What's you guys this aren't did? Nice for plugging USB stuff into. Oh. Hmm. Uh, it's like a main power bank. Uh, so if you guys, this will be, let me think here. This will be our third, our third video podcast. Me and Pat recorded one. Uh, I think I'm going to call that, it has, it's not out yet, but I think I call, I'm going to call that one preferences and priorities. What do you think of the name of that? Hmm. Yeah. Well, think about it. I think, how about like Jim's way? Mm, no, something, something different. We did that. a this or that with Jim. Oh, okay. And like, but we like took priorities and just because like he so. wanted to get an episode ahead. So, yep, yep. Yeah. And he's been talking about doing that list. So I'm like, just do it. Let's get a, you know, cause this is great. Especially now the production of value of this is gone down. Like the, the speed has gone to like 25% of what it was because doing all this video stuff. So we'll see if this makes a difference. If not, we might just do this once a month or for certain episodes. Or- I don't know, man. I feel like once I get good at that new program, this is going to be not horrible. Yeah. Like once the more help I can get, the better off it yeah. will be, you know. Um, let me see. So anyway, so that, uh, oh, you asked about my eye. Yeah. Did you see my eye, Pat? Oh, you got it? a little blood shot. Blood vessel. Yeah. So trying to decide... Like, uh, so I get to work and my eye was kind of aching. I was, I was playing with my contact. My eye was aching. And, I'm t- and so I don't know if that did it, but the guy, guy at work, as soon as I walk in, he goes, what'd you do to your eye? And I'm like, I don't know. So I went over the mirror. I'm like, Oh my God. You know? Yeah. It's actually a lot less red today than it was. And, uh, but I put it, so Cal thinks it was one of two things or one of three things, lifting weights in the garage. Yep. Playing with that contact is when I put that contact in. You don't want a contact just doesn't sit right and you're just sitting there blinking and you're playing with it and you're maybe I did something then. But the night before I had to do a set of leaf springs on a five fifty. Oh, no. And you ever done a set of, on a five fifty with on the a, tool body? I've done one on a five fifty, but you know how you're hunched over and you're like in a wheel well and it's yeah. not easy. It's not like a you know, a big steak body truck or something, you know. So but I had to do leaf springs on a five fifty, so maybe I strained something, pop, yeah. you know. If you sneeze too hard, you can blow a blood vessel in your eye. I had that happen to me one the time. The one time I was squatting with Tommy, 315 on a bar, I go down and I come up. And later on, uh, I think it was uh, Kamiko that says, what happened to your eye? Yep. You don't even notice it I and mean, like, until you look at it in the mirror, obviously, but you don't feel it. That happens to Dad all the time. Um, oh, the one thing I always try to do is close to the beginning of the episode. But today we were talking about, is hunting a rich man sport, by the way? That's our main thing. I got some stuff here, some opinions. Curious your opinions. Uh, y'all, I've got an opinion. Uh, yeah, good. You, you two are both rich, and you're hunters. Yeah, right. I'm not a hunter. Rich. So anyway, let's uh, let's go to uh, the fishing show. I want to hear your take. We, so this is the Schaumburg, the Chicago fishing show. What's, so we, we must have went there on kids' day because the, the I, I would say half of the square footage of the floor was taken up by strollers. <laughs> they actually brought strollers in? Yeah. I so, did a baby carrier. So if anybody saw a dude walking around with a baby carrier that looked like an, a plate carrier for armor, that was me, you know? And I don't know if you know about kids, but they don't give a crap where they're going. So you'll be walking, walking, and one just darts out in front of you, you know? It's like oh, yeah. it's like worse than driving with deer at night. I mean, I'm not mad. I like that there's some life at that show. But man, couldn't go in a booth, couldn't do nothing. You're looking at jigs, and there's four people behind you like, 
Oh, Jake. You know, so I'm so glad this is video now. <laughs> God. Uh, I saw I said hi to Mike, though. I, th- I think I made him mad. He was selling a boat. And I'm like, hey, just real quick. I got to get out of here. And he's like, if you wait, I'll come back to you. I'm like, Oop. <laughs> don't want to yeah. wreck the sale. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, you got to go. You got to go. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But yeah. So we went. We had a very similar experience. Um, it was nice to get the baby out. And he's, you know, googly eyeing everybody and stuff. But uh, you went to the Schomburg show. Yeah, we went. Yeah. I, were, I had to work yesterday. I got off at noon, so we went right after work. You know, you didn't say that Chicago enough. It's Schomburg. 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 Um, but we got up there, and the best time to go to that show is Friday night. Me and Kel went to Friday night last, and people are sitting there with their tails wagging as we're walking up to every booth. There was nobody there. Yeah. Sat. We went Saturday. We probably got there at one, one thirty. And like Pat said, there was like a solid row of people at every booth all the way down. You couldn't stop and look at a booth if you wanted to. Yeah, your shoulder to shoulder, people are and people are just rude in public. They just they just stop in the middle of the aisle if they want. They turn around and bump in you want. And one yeah. kid bumped into Benny, and it's like, dude, like look around you before you start making moves. Oh, yeah. So you know? I had this dad and this kid behind me, and there was a family of people. They were like transferring kids from a stroller, but they're literally taking up the entire aisle. Grocery they stores don't are the same way. It's like oh, yeah. People just stand in the middle of the aisle at the grocery store, like yeah, holding their you, cart off to one side, and you're like, "Hey, move! I'm not yeah. gonna tell you to move. You better move." Can you just stay to one side? You know, but yeah. so this kid runs into my butt, and he, that'll probably that's a core memory right there. <laughs> kid, I ran into some dude's butt. You know, uh, yeah, it was kind of it, it. It's kind of traditional for us to go. I go. I went there. So the one dude uh, I was talking to, I'm gonna hit him up again in March, but he's gonna make that lure for Benny. That hand painter guy is from, he's local, but uh, ran into him and then uh, I bought a couple of rattle traps from him. He does some interesting paint jobs. You guys, I, I got him at the top of the stairs. I'll show you. He's, Did he uh, have anybody else work in his booth? I don't know. I don't I, When I was there, no. It was such a small little booth. It was right there by the fly fishing aisle. The fly fishing. Maybe it's a different thing, but there was like a molding company that was there. No, he buys he buys all his bodies and just paints them. He's just a painter. He'll oh, tell gotcha. you that straight right. up. You know. Is that the same guy that uh, Cal got you, that musky lure? No, that was Nimmer Swimmer. <clears throat> There was, a, right. there was a hand carving guy up up in, I think, Wisconsin. I think he's like somewhere yeah. northern Wisconsin. Sounds strange. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, did you get anything at the show or no? Did you just power through it? And So I, I got her dad some stuff. I got her dad two genuine Whopper Plowers. They were nine bucks a piece. Yeah. That's a good deal. Yeah. For I, Whopper Poppers. I mean, they're 15 bucks. You can go on Amazon Pro. and get four for you five said, uh, you, But you said authentic. Are they yeah, actual? no, they're actual Whopper Poppers. Yeah. So they got like a big old belly on them. That's um, but it's a Whopper Popper blend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think that's a fifteen dollar lure or Bass Pro. Bass Pro so yeah. I, I got a light in the dark of that, and then musky size or bass size or bass size. Yeah, I would I say it. maybe even a little scotch bigger than bass size. No, I, they're probably bass size. They were the smallest Whopper Popper you could buy on that aisle. So. I've had success with them. I like them. I like the Chopper more yeah. or Chapo Berkeley Chapos. Yeah, I got a. T- I've had about 15,000 ultralight rods in my life. I don't go through rods very often. Like, I've had three musky rods. Well, I, I had two musky rods for years and years and years. Now I've got three. I give my ultralight rods away because I end up hating every single one of them. The rod? Yeah. What goes wrong with the rod? They just suck. It's a rod. <laughs> uh, no, they just turn into noodles. Like, at first they're stiff, and then they just turn into noodles. So I was like, well, this time I'm just going to buy... You sure you're not just used to musky setups and then... You get a yeah maybe but like when you put a quarter ounce jig on a on a pole and the pole's like what you know like well, that's not, too light of a pole no well I, I that's why I don't buy ultralight anymore I only buy the lights the smallest I go but a quarter ounce jig's not meant to be thrown on an ultralight so when I say ultralight I really mean like my light my lightest setup get you so, a Saint Croix yeah uh, so, he's got he's got a couple of rod tips missing 
<laughs> I think yeah. I finally threw that one. No, I, I cut it off. So I, I, I replaced the rod tip like twice on this thing. Well, my five foot rod became a like a four foot nine rod because uh, <laughs> I broke the tip off in one of them tires. Tires? At uh, the resort that we go to in Wisconsin. Oh, no kidding. Uh, I remember the one time my dad reeled his ultralight right into the trolling motor. He, you know how he always leaves his lines dangling? <laughs> yeah, forgot about that. Oh, well, no. went into water, into the trolling motor, and just sucked a rod oh, right in. Oh, no. Came up with two-thirds <laughs> of a rod. <laughs> oh, is he mad? He, he, oh, my God. He's got these uh, He's got these special sayings of his own that he'd be like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I know exactly where we were on the river when that happened, too. Trying to think of anything else because we're kind of recording these. These are all pretty close together, but like anybody that knows, by the time you hear this, I can't imagine the weather changed at all. Oh, it's been terrible. Uh, man, it's just warm. And it's warm. It's just wet, is what it is. It's wet. Yeah, as of right now, it's wet. It's just depressing when you don't, when you see like this stage of like the snow out there where it's like, oh yeah, this is the stuff that melted and like there's rocks on top of it now. Like it's just so ugly. It's and all so gray. De- and- it's kind of depressing. Like it feels like St. Patrick's Day without it being St. Patrick's Day. We haven't yeah, seen we're the gonna sun have two months of it. Yeah. yeah. Haven't but, seen the sun in what two weeks? I don't uh, when it was super was cold, out. when it was super cold, we saw sun. Yeah. You know, but it didn't feel good. No. You know? I thought there was a couple of things I was gonna bring up on this and I kind of forget now. Some pumps being uh on oh, overtime. Yeah, yeah it could definitely, you know. I hear it when I get to work. <laughs> Turn it around looking. You know? I could have filled up a couple of Olympic swimming pools with the stuff that I pumped out. And my house is like on a dry spot. Yeah. You know? Oh mine mine. When I looked on the sidewalk and I could see the water running out of the grass onto the sidewalk, you know we got a lot of mm-hmm. we got a lot of rain. Ah, uh, man, there's some stuff. Oh, the one thing I was gonna say too is we still we still have two weekends left, really, of squirrel hunting potential. So if we we found out that screw, by the way, for my gun that was missing is way bigger than we all thought. I thought it was gonna be like a four forty or a six thirty two or an eight thirty two. Ten. It's like a ten. It's either a ten twenty four or ten thirty two. Yeah, um, I thought it was the ten the whole time. I grabbed so, a handful which, of screws. said something. I grabbed a handful of screws from work, and um, yeah, and they're all too all too small. I didn't know it was the debate, uh, and we're not talking metric either. We're talking like ten thirty two. The one thing too on the last, if you guys watched the last video podcast, I apologize. I didn't realize. I don't know if you could tell on that camera now. You're looking at the wall, Pat. No, the camera. The uh, oh, yeah, it says <laughs> record. Yeah, I don't know if you're focused though. It wouldn't. It didn't get a crisp focus on me. It was focusing on one of these pictures, and so I was a little out of focus. You know? Oh, yeah, good old reliable. Yeah. See the box around my face. I, I could tell you right now uh, that camera editing quality. That that camera is high quality editing. You know, I'm trying to think of anything else we got to cover off on. As long as I it still, makes the ugliest guy look the best, I'm happy. You were gonna help me uh, move that ice fishing shanty. I didn't even. I didn't even unpack it all. You know, Kyle's like, well, leave it out, leave it out. So I might just throw it in the shed for now. No, if you put it in the shed, then we will get ice. Yeah, it's just the way that works. See, I was thinking if I put it up, we would get ice. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you put it up, if you put no, it away. I was going to leave it on the floor, not the loft, is what I was going to do. Just leave oh, it yeah, you went ice fishing. Any success? Uh, No, no. The one day of ice fishing the one, that we had. Two hours of ice fishing, you know. If we get a chance now, it's going to be like the very end of February, mm-hmm. and I don't think that's going to happen. The one dude I saw something this morning, a guy's predicting a big blast in the middle of February, probably about when this, the time this podcast comes out. I, I mean, it could it could happen. It can happen, but no, I don't think it's going to. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Anything else at all that uh, leading up to... I feel like I'm missing... Usually I make a list at the top of this, but I've been making these lists. Like, for instance, we got a... We got. I don't know if you've been doing any research for the next episode mm-hmm. we were talking about. Yeah, I've, I've been doing a lot. I'm into this kind of stuff. I know you, you guys are. have not told me what that one's about. Uh, we will. We will. 
we got this one. This might this might make some people mad. Uh, the next one, I don't know how people are going to take the next one. I don't know. We're going to see. It's an interesting. It's at least an interesting. At least it's uh, it's food for thought, if nothing else, right? Food for thought. I have a small bit of news. What's that? Um, we were talking pregnant? about uh, you know, yeah. We were talking <laughs> about those uh, ice jams. Yeah. One of them broke free in uh, Kankakee, and they had to evacuate like 200 people out of uh, Wilmington. The I think city's we ta- like flooded. I, I think we talked about that the other yeah. day, didn't oh, we? Did you guys talk about it? Yeah. I think we hit on it a little bit. Uh, I saw some pictures. Roads are getting destroyed. Oh, it's nasty up there. I, there. There's pictures of it? I should look that up. Yeah, I saw a video of it. I'll send I'm it to you if I can find that. it. That's why, like, I don't know, when you hear people, when you hear people say, oh, I'm buying on a river, it's like, Okay, that's nice because you know it's for the most part it's cheaper, but at the same time you're thinking like flooding, mm-hmm. ice. Yeah, living on a river. What would ruin it in the back of my bird brain is just thinking about spring floods, you know, winter floods. Yeah. You know, uh, no like, basement. You can't have a basement next to a river. One thing I meant to bring up about the show. This is one thing I was searching for. I meant to talk about. So we found the Garmin booth, and I walked up to the guy. I said, "Hey, I'm looking to." upgrade to live scope and you know uh what can you tell me about it? he brought me over the screens i said you got any special show pricing no i'm like no like what are you guys doing here you know no i go well how much is the nine inch here he says from us 1100 bucks big box stores 700 dollars. and i'm like wow i was expecting something i was expecting something better you know i was expecting I a told i told nick that at the show in front of the booth at a super loud volume on purpose oh good like, yeah, they kind of told him to piss off, you know? Like, yeah. He did. He was like, he showed me around a little bit, you know? But uh, I told him I'm buying this in two halves. I'm buying the screen, and then, you know, we've already talked about that. But I was just shocked I found it. He goes, oh, the guy across the way is offering 10% off. I said, 10% off of what? And he's like, full price. <laughs> I'm good, guys. Why, just, would he, why would he say that he's more expensive than the big box stores, too? $400 more. Yeah. Yeah, we're know? more expensive than you could just go to Bass Pro and buy it. That's because that's not what he's there to do. Uh, he's there. He's not there to undersell the big box stores. That's I, so. Me and Kel were talking about this because I'm wondering if you know uh, they they have some sort of agreement that they are not going to be a direct to, to consumer. That way, Bass Pro can sell these, and bait shops can sell these, and your Cabela's can sell them. So they have an agreement. We'll sell them too through our store, but we don't want you guys selling them at any better price than us. Yeah, that could be. So there could be like a like we have different parts distributor distributors that you have to go through a dealer to get parts through their company. Yeah, you know. Uh, but it's like it's such a plug and play thing now that if you got somebody on the hook at a show like a Garmin show where you had like a box of these things and like you just had to move them at the show, like that gets people interested in Garmin, and then they go to the store and they're like, oh, I went by Garmin. So now you're you're boosting your sales at big box stores. I agree. I don't. Uh, I don't know why they were like that. Because I, I, like, Kel pointed it out to me. We were walking down an aisle, and like, you can see through one of the cross aisles. She goes, oh, there it is. Oh, we'll get it on the way back. I was all excited. Ran up talking yeah. to this guy. Like, in a way, you kinda, you're kind of making followers. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's all I can think of for now. I bought that. I don't think I'm going to that show next year. If I do, it ain't that day. No way. I'm telling you, Friday night's the best. Uh, Saturday after dinner, like if you can get there between five and seven, that's usually pretty good because like people go up there with the kids for the day. Now they're going to dinner. They're kind of receding for the day because uh, I remember I went on a date to that once and it was at five o'clock in the afternoon, seven o'clock, and it was it was awesome to go. You know, Friday night though, I had the best results last year. Granted, it might have been snowing or cold or something too last year. I forget. We got sleep the day that we went last year. Me and Caitlin were. 
um, reminiscing on it's that. It's funny, Kel was this big pregnant, and we're all looking at her like, you'll be busy next year, yeah. you know? Uh, anyway, I don't, that's all I really have. The one thing, uh, I, me and Phil were texting, and uh, he's like, because I, I, we were going to go ice fishing this weekend. He says, would you go out on the ice? And I was reading reports from everybody. I was like, oh, we got eight inches. And other people are like, by sure thought, but there's eight inches out in the middle. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I'm just, you better not risk it. I'm just not. I don't feel like going for a swim in January. Yeah. So uh, he's like, I doubt there's ice. I said, like, yeah, I'm not even going to risk it. But uh, I said, on to smoking season, you know. And yeah. uh, so, well, yeah, one of these days, my goal, if we have another gray day with nothing going is i'm gonna to get to your house at about five in the morning we're gonna fire up the smoker and have something and we're gonna watch lord of the rings till dinner all sure right? so lord of the rings he's what never seen them all the way through he was he was over my house a couple weeks ago and he's like how long are these movies and i'm like he's got mm-hmm. the unedited versions or whatever they extended call extended editions extended editions it's like 18 hours of <laughs> lord of the rings one of them was like, like five and a half hours bad i don't want to watch that one but no but i i, I don't know if that's your speed uh, I used to be. I used to like Lord of the Rings. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, well, hey. Uh, just the, the battle scenes were awesome. I had all they, six they were, Yeah. And uh, we're still chiseling away at uh, Game of Thrones, too. So You guys are cu- uh, cooking with that, though. Oh, yeah. Kyle was texting yeah. me the, yesterday when you guys were at like Hodor. I'm like, wow, you guys are like plowing through seasons. Yeah. Yeah. It's When we're home and we're just kind of hanging out, like I'll be editing. It'll be running, you know. There's, you can The nice thing about that show is it's an hour long, but you can miss like 40 minutes of it and know exactly what's going on, you know? Oh, by the way, oh, my favorite character, Oberyn Martell, I think it's Pat's favorite oh, Kel character. Oh, Kel told me. He is my favorite character, yeah. Kel told me. No, he's he's stupid. But, Dude, he's oh. Pedro Pascal in that? Yeah. yeah. No. But the, so far, the best guy is the Hound. He's the best guy. He's my favorite. <laughs> the guy that has zero lines. <laughs> I think he's I, just, sorry, two lines. You 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 texted me. You're like he's either meat, he's either eating or killing stuff. Yeah, he's either chomping <laughs> on a piece of meat or killing something. And, yeah, yeah, that's that's main. about right. Uh, but yeah, still chiseling, still chiseling the way through. So that. You're, you're sounds like you're on season what four? Right? No, six. I think it's got to be well with Hodor and they're up in the north. So it's got to be. Six. Oh, so you saw, but you saw the end of season four where Ober and yeah, he gets his head crushed. Yeah, okay. yeah. Gotcha. I saw that scene years ago. You showed me that because I wanted to see what the mountain had to do. Because I'm a big fan of Half Thor Bjorn Jensen, the yeah. actual guy. Yeah, well, you know, th- but his character in the show's not good. Uh, the first couple, like it's not it somebody is, that you root for. His character in the show is good, but it's not somebody that you're like, you know, I like that guy. No, it, it's no. When you watch him deadlift 1,100 pounds, that's all. I just want to see his acting ability. Yeah, but you in know? the show, he rapes women and kills children. And- I think it's, he was talking about. We got to get on with it, but he was talking about us uh, when he they were asking about that. They never really de- dealt with a guy this big, you know. And they're like, we need somebody. Can you pick this guy up and put him over your head? He looks. It's like a guy, like just a normal guy. He's like, yeah. And like, can you do it? And he's like, sure. And, and just does it. You know, this is a guy that overhead presses 400 pounds, you yeah. know, so he grabs a 180 pound guy and goes like that, you know. And, uh, but he's just a big, gentle giant and, uh, awesome lifter. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. With anyway, it. did you have anything for Bush like Billy? No, I'm Nothing. making meatballs today. Okay. Do you have a news article? Not unless you want to say that for the next one. Oh, you know what? Yeah, go for it. I think I, I lost all mine. I hit a couple. Go ahead. All right. So, the GOP in Wisconsin has put forth plans or like a bill. It's not law yet to for the northern hunting zone. I think they call it like north, it's like four zone or something like that. It's about a third of the state. Oh, 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 oh. yes. I brought this. Stephanie brought it up to me. And now I, this is the one I brought up to you. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, they're going to not permit doe hunting. They're trying to make it go for four years. But that raises the debate. Well, why, you know, maybe we should get rid of the wolves. And I was reading. I thought that they introduced wolves 
Like in a way, like, you know, they kind of like put populations in there. No, they matured in uh, Minnesota and then made their way over to Wisconsin. Yeah, they didn't introduce hmm. them. They just, what they did is they, they ended the hunting on them, you know, and then that's back and forth. But there was, I saw a bunch of stuff and I don't have any proof of anything, but I, I've heard on one end of it, people saying, I don't find wolves in my trail camera. So they're obviously not in my area. And then other people are like, there's wolves all over eating everything, you know? So every year the buck harvest number goes down, you know, a certain percentage. This year it was almost 15%. I agree, though. To it, Like, this is the solution if you want to get more numbers. There's also another solution, and that's take away predators. Or at least, you know, be able to hunt those predators. Is that statewide or just up north? Just in, in the that, northern territory. Northern ter- or, or yeah, I'd say, you want to call it. from what I remember the map, like, say, like, Highway 10, like Stevens Point, I'm going to say north of Highway 10, you know. The other thing, too, the harsh winters, like, you know, you know what I'm talking about. There's a line that you cross yeah. when you're going to northern Wisconsin where oh, it's just it, like, bang, 20 yeah, degrees colder. You're right. And it's just frosted for three, four months. and But they're, they're having trouble up there now, too. Yeah. So. Well, I, I know up there right now, they're actually in the 40s. <coughs> yeah. So yeah. that's that's kind of crazy to me. But uh, w- we knew that this year was going to be an El Nino, so this doesn't surprise me. It, this still this weather still pri- surprises me a little bit. Like, yeah. I knew it was going to be, I didn't think it was going to be like this, you know. But so anyway, so that I was like, oh, well, how many wolves are in Wisconsin? And it's really not that many. I mean, what do we say, like 1,200 or yeah. something like that? Yeah. It's something ridiculous. For the whole you know? state. Yeah, so like, now. What is that? One every 10 square miles up there or something. I don't even know. Cause they, they, they really don't come down that far South, you know, to tie this back into our wolf saga. If there were those kind of numbers there, they need to have a hunting season because it's affecting other seasons. Oh, there needs to be, there definitely needs to be management, you know, yeah, like to just say, you know, go run willy nilly. Well, these deer aren't used to, you know, fending off wolves. Like, you know, they were 80 years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like for instance, we have the same thing. Uh, some spots you can, some spots you can't, but, I can tell you right now, coyotes are affecting my main hunting spot. Yeah, absolutely. But they don't let you kill them in there. Yeah. Really? That In the spot I can't, other places are like, yeah, if you see a coyote, shoot it. Mine's like, no, this is forbidden, you know? So, really? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. When you mix, you know, the human element, the wolf element, and then the harsh winters into it, uh, population's going to be pretty low up there. Yeah. So. Makes sense just to, to yeah, what they're doing. Maybe with CWD, this is kind of like a hidden blessing, and I, I hope it doesn't spread to other parts of the state because we hunt in the zone right underneath that, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah, we do, actually. We're right on that line. Yeah. Well, it's not right on that line, but it's, it's close. Yeah, I mean, it's close. 20 miles away. No. I mean, if, if, if it was Highway 10, no. We're right there. I don't if think it, it is. You don't think it's Highway 10? No, nah, there's another little zone in between that. Okay. I don't, I, I, I'm, that little video I sent you, is all I remember, just a quick little glimpse of that. Yeah. But so they want to get rid of, yeah, doe hunting. So, so they said for four years. So if you had to give up your doe hunt for four years, and I mean, you could just go on the southern part of the state, like, you know, we have to go to Wisconsin and then, right, you know, or western or whatever. Yeah, if it's for the good of the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, it's worth you know? it. Like, if that's the solution, that's what you got to do. There's no controversy here. You just got to do it. And you got to bite the bullet for four years. And, you know, the other thing, too, if you have better practices going forward, um, that means your kids will have your grandkids will have, you know, better opportunities. I, th- I say this is start, how management works. I say start with crossbows. If you think wolves are a problem, <laughs> start with crossbows. Absolutely. Uh, and it, it'll be like, yeah, you know what? You can use your crossbows, but to only kill a wolf or a coyote. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Or you, yeah, you can only shoot bucks with crossbows, no does. <laughs> or the other way around. Anyway, so we are talking, is hunting a rich man's sport? All right. Is hunting a rich man's sport? I don't know where you want to start with this. 
I got a few things. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna come right off the bat and say if you're the average guy willing to do public land, it's not. But is your time worth that? Yes, but even still, it's kind of loaded. It's still kind of loaded. So you, first of all, you're taking this from a guy that I, we we're not long term we we're not long time hunters. We don't have grandpa's farm to hunt on, and I just ended. You're taking this from a guy that. Has an outside perspective because I just got into this. I have had three seasons of this, so you're getting an outside perspective of what some of these people have known their whole lives. Fair, you know, right? If this was a fishing conversation, yeah, I can chime in from a long time ago, kind of thing. But when it comes to hunting, this just entered my scope a few years ago. So coming into it, and you're like, "How do you do this?" And then you look, you're like, "Man, this is an advantage over here. There's a disadvantage over here." And you kind of like just being thrown into this as an adult, you kind of know. You kind of see it different than somebody that's been doing the same thing, same year for every year, year after year after year, you know? Right. Because to me, I'm figuring out that this, when you're seeing successful, very successful hunters, uh, this is a very much a rich man's sport. It's very much a rich man's sport. So I was looking up some different articles and here's, here's an interesting statistic that kind of proves my point. This is from Game and Fish. It says 5.2 million deer were killed in 21 to 22 season, all right? 5.2 million killed on private land, all right? You know how many were killed on public? If 5.2 were private, how many on public? I don't if know. If you had a guess. 2.5. Um, 2.5? What do you say, Pat? No, I'm not even going to say that. I'm going to say like six or 700,000. 700,000 were killed Man. on public. Wow. So 5.2 on private. To seven hundred thousand on public. Oh man, I would have guessed like half, but that's so twenty percent less than that. So there's also an effort angle in there. You know what I mean? So people who have private land, they can just run right out their doorstep and into a tree stand that they set up three months ago. You know what I mean? For private, it's just it just works differently. So there's you need to have a lot more ambition to go out there and do private, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, public. Public. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we left off with five point two million on private, seven hundred thousand public. So then I went to Bowhunter Magazine. Did you do? Did you do any reading on this, or just you're just going off of what you know? I, I went off of news articles um, years ago. Okay, so, so this is I, old information. I pretty much looked around for other people's opinions to kind of help me form my own. I kind of had, I kind of, I had it all figured out, but I wanted to hear like numbers and you know things like that. So, so I went to the Bowhunting Magazine, Bowhunter.com, whatever it is. They did an excellent, they covered this perfect. The author like wrote it in first person kind of thing. But just to start that article, this might even been a separate article on Bowhunter. But Texas reported that 99% of their deer killed in their state was on private land. 99%. I can believe that. I mean, if, if you're doing that national average, it's less than 2%. But I mean, 99%. So really quick from Texas somebody, is who's, massive. somebody who's a non-hunter. Um, this is why I wanted you here because I want to do, like, based on what you know, talking to guys, talking to us, this is why I wanted you here because you got an outside perspective too. Yeah, I mean, kind of. I mean, I'm not a hunter and I don't really know a whole lot about what it costs to actually, you know, do this kind of thing. But can you go to somebody who has private land and say, like, are, are there people that, oh, hey, for 500 bucks, you can hunt my land? Oh, or? it's leases. We're actually getting into that. But you can get it for free. Let's say... Let's say you introduce me to a farmer. It's like, yeah, I got 10 acres of woods in this one field. You're more than welcome, and I could just go. Right, yeah, you know? I know that. But I, if, if you didn't know anybody, I didn't know if you can go out and oh. like, hey, can I hunt your land? You know? Oh, no, you can't just go on somebody's land. But I mean, like, can somebody home. rent their land out, I guess? Oh, definitely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. 
And we're, we're getting into that more. There's actually companies around this, like, hey, find find access to, and it's like they got this network of people that have private that they donate to. Yeah, you can let it. You guys manage it, you know. Yeah. We're not hunters, but we, we'll let people do it. They, you know, I'm sure they get a little something out of it, you know. But Massachusetts, believe it or not, was the highest kill rate of all 50 states for public land. 43% of their deer were killed on public land. That was the highest of 50 states was Massachusetts. Yeah. Cool. 43%, but you're talking a state that, I mean... It's not very big. Not very big at all, you know? It, but then you take it to the Midwest, 91% of all deer are killed on private land. 91%. And... Yeah, that's why, I don't know, like, w- when you're going around talking to people about deer hunting and they're like, well, isn't it easy? I mean, my niece did it, and she just walked right outside and bang. And you're like, well, no, like, not the, not the way I do it, you know? Oh, yeah, I mean, you just... I think about what we have to do to do it versus private. Uh, I have yet to hunt private land. Like, oh yeah, you had your opportunity, but then we had that big storm come through. So yeah, you didn't, I, yeah, I've yet. Yeah, no, I, I it was going to be negative whatever on the day that I was supposed to go. I could spend two days on private. It was awesome. I, I can tell you, it's just it's way better in public. You know, it's like he had these fifty acres, and it's like, oh, that's the long walk. And it took me like eight minutes to get there. And it's like, that is not a long walk. Right. I, I could do that. I could do that 10 times without even feeling the pain of where I go. Yeah. You know? I take that back. My buddy, when my buddy Sparrow was alive, I hunted on his place in Northern Wisconsin. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but I, I did that. Was UP. I did that for two hunts. And well, it, I'm sorry, it is DUP, but it's basically Northern Wisconsin. Yeah, it's, it's like right, right over the border. Um, so, anyway, so 91% of, in the Midwest were killed on private. Uh, 27 states, this is what you said, 27 states offer a private land hunting access program. So, you can actually get on board with private. But then again, it's still kind of public. It's still... It's still kind of public, but it's, I mean, probably better taken care of and managed and feeding and... Less people. Less people. Know. So, okay, so I wanted to get into the guy that wrote this article... And this is where this is where I start picking apart what is valuable to me versus what you get. All right. So the guy that wrote this article says his buddy makes more. This guy, a buddy, has makes more money than him. All right. But he also has a huge truck payment, goes on expensive vacations, and he was talking about how this guy's bitching about private public land. And the guy that wrote the article, he leases private. He says, and the guy's like, How did you must be rich because you could afford? And he says, Well, I don't have the expensive, va- expensive vacations, the expensive truck. So I can come up with uh, $3,500 a year to lease private land. $3,500 a year. So he's like, I, I drive an old truck and I get, live in an old house, whatever. I don't spend frivolously. So I have $3,500 a year to spend on private land leases. All right. So what's your take so far when you hear that? What's your take? That's a lot. It's a lot of 30, 3500 is a lot? Yeah. What, what do you think? Is that a lot of money? I, I mean, if, if it's just like a one or two days, then yeah. But so I mean, it, if that's... It, let's I say it was for the all of fall. From October 1st to January 15th, You can that's your property to hunt. Is that a lot of money? I wouldn't think so, just because... It, like, Look at what you guys spend on your boat. Like, If that's your hobby, you know? like look. So but he's leasing gonna, it, though. He's he, leasing it. He doesn't yeah. own it. No. No, that's a lot of money. Yeah, he has nothing to show for it at the end. So the okay. next year, next year he can't sell it to somebody else. He the guy could just say we're not doing this anymore, and then that's it. You know, I, um, I love his justification though. It's like you know, like he can spend that kind of money because he lives you know in other ways. Right. But like if he got to lease it and then harvest all of his meat off of that for a year and get his you know his rocks off with hunting, like maybe then that is worth it. I'm sure the guy's justified it somehow. Clearly, okay. So now I want to jump into uh, 
okay, thirty five hundred a year. Ah, let me get my shoes falling off. Uh, so thirty five hundred a year. Let's say it's it's reasonable. I can. I, I am in a position in my life. I can spend thirty five hundred dollars a year on lease property. I can. I can swipe the card, write the check, whatever. We're still going to go out to dinner later. You know, I have I have income to do that, right? What I'm wondering is, when do you draw the line for the sport? When is it? When is it the point that I don't? I guess I don't know how to spell this out. It made sense in my head. For instance, I bought a quarter cow for however many hundreds of dollars. Yeah. All right. I can buy a whole process cow for less than thirty five hundred, maybe about thirty five hundred, say twenty eight hundred to thirty five hundred. I could buy a whole process cow. All right. So you kind of see where I'm going with this? I'm yeah. trying to like word it. If you guys, you got a better verb. Like no, but in. if you're going pound for pound for meat, like it's not a, it's not a justification, but at the same time, like if people got enjoyment out of going and killing their cow, that would be different. I'm not saying like that's like an apples to apples comparison to hunting because there's so much more to it. You know, nobody says, Hey, that, that's that one right there. Go get it. But for my purpose of hunting, $3,500 is a lot a year yeah. because I could just take that and get because I'm doing this. This is a meat thing. I'm not a trophy hunter. Not going to be a trophy hunter. Maybe right. one day if I get bored or something, you know, I would love to shoot a big buck. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to have a mounted head, you know. But like you being an outsider for all this, wouldn't would you rather have the property to go hunt the deer, where it's all controlled and all that, or would you rather just buy a ton of meat from somebody for the same price and not go hunting? But like, where where is the value of it? I mean, yeah, if that's if your whole because part of it for you too is like going out, you're, you're in the woods, you're in the woods, you're climbing trees, you're outside. Like, there's there's more to it for some people than just the meat. Now, me, I'm, I'm like, I just want the meat, I would have just spent the money and I'll buy somebody's deer, you know, there's something you know, it, I can buy the meat. I just, I, to me, deer hunting is so boring to spend $3,500 to go sit in a tree. Yeah, it, I'm, that's that's one of the reasons I'm not interested in it. Like, it's it's uh well, i'm sure there was an evolution of how he oh i so like i saw a video on a guy that he said uh deer hunting is definitely turning into a rich man sport because back in the day back in the 80s or whatever i had all these farmers and slowly farming is going from a small family industry into large corporations oh right? yeah fair well what happens when a uh, when you have three farmers that you have permission from they all sell to the major corp now due to uh you know, lawsuits and stuff. We can't have you climbing on trees on our property because we don't want you suing the hell out of us. Right. So the, he lost access. But where did it go? Look at look at what ten acres around here around us costs. Some of these spots, it's fifteen million dollars. You know. Yeah. Why is that? Because they put it up hoping that a warehouse would buy it. Some investor group would come in, put some giant concrete walled thing up there, and make some mega million. Put a four lease sign on the front of it. Yeah. Right. We got a lot of those around here. So you look and it's like, oh, these 10 acres are for sale. And you go on there and you find it. Oh, $12 million. You're like, like this is ridiculous. You know? I, I, like, as far as like a national conversation goes, I would be happy with some sort of restriction on companies owning X amount of land. That way, no. their People's Republic of China can't buy up well, half I, of our country. We shouldn't be selling any land to China. But no, for, for, an, for a guy with money, it's just anti-capitalist to think that you can't own what you can afford. No, but it, I'm not saying for one guy with a lot of money. I'm saying for a giant corporation to just keep sucking up land. Yeah, I guess I can see that. Like, uh, because yeah. you're like we are anti-monopoly. Like, there there is an anti-monopoly part of our constitution. Yeah, uh, but definitely China. I don't like the fact that they buy the Absolutely stuff. Absolutely not. Uh, but anyway, so 
this guy had that great example and I'm like, okay, so yes, he saved his money and he can afford $3,500 a year. I'm guessing what I'm wondering is, is that worth it? Is that, is that a good price to go deer hunting? $3,500 a year. We're not even talking equipment yet, you know? But I mean, like, if you take it back just to the root of the original question is, is hunting a rich man's sport. If you're not doing it for the meat and you're doing it for the hunt, then you got you got to start bringing in like safaris and stuff. People going out and killing you know zebras and stuff. That's way more than thirty five hundred bucks. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you're not doing it for meat. You're doing it for the trophy. Uh. So. Okay. So the the one thing we already kind of covered by put on here. I said, where is the line drawn for meat? What do you, if you're doing this for meat? Where is the line drawn? Okay, I'm not going to be a deer hunter because it's going to cost me ten grand a year to do it. I'll just put that money into beef and pork and chicken and so like where is the line drawn to where it's for your average dude that goes to work every day like me where's the line drawn for what you should be putting out for deer hunting where for me it would be like hunt for pleasure and if you get something great and continue to buy your meat yeah okay because i mean for us to hunt in illinois is like 40 bucks a year it's uh yeah, it's cheap. Did you see what her? Well, we've already, I'm sure we've talked about it, but the out of season or out of state oh, uh, tags are it's like five hundred dollars. Oh, yeah, to hunt it's something crazy. Really? Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like four ninety five, I think. But I've heard from a lot of people this year that you know the word about Illinois has gotten out so much that you see plates from like every state during hunting season just parked in random ass spots. So yeah. All right. So going on with the rich man sport. Okay. So let's say you have the money. All right. You have the money. You scrounged up. The three of us got enough money together to buy 50 acres. All right. We got the down payment or we bought it outright, whatever. Now, now you have to manage that land. All right. What do you need to manage land? Equipment. Yeah. Equipment. All right. What, Pat, what's a little small uh, from deer? What's a compact utility tractor cost these days with a loader on the front? Oh, man. Probably, I mean, at least 70 or 80. Well, no, like a, like a small compact utility? Yeah. Probably in like the low 30s. Think you get that? You think you get one that cheap? Um, yeah, I would say like high twenties, low thirties. Yeah. Okay. So there's that. So now you got a you got a compact utility with a with a loader. All right. But now you need a disc because you're going to make a food plot. All right. So now you got to disc up the ground. You got to you got to build that food plot. So now there's you're pretty much a mini farmer to shoot deer, right? At what point is that doable for the average guy? Now the people. The one thing too I wanted to say. If you're one of these, if you came from one of these families, good for you, by the way. But let's say you're, you're one of these families that came up with grandpa's farm or the family farm. You guys go to deer camp and it's this back in the 1980s into the 90s property up north, when, like anywhere was cheap. I mean, nobody wanted to be there. We know a guy with 15 acres. On, only uh, if only. And he on, bought it for nothing. On one of the best lakes. So I was going to, so on one of the best lakes in northern Wisconsin. And. I asked him because like I'm working with the guy, and it's like this is when I first got into to being a mechanic. And I, I'm not making anything. I'm like, how did this guy afford this palace? He says, first of all, it was a lot of hard work. He goes, you got to remember, I bought a wooded lot. You guys are coming here. We spent summers up here cutting trees. Yeah. You know? Hey, we're going on vacation. What are you doing? Well, we're going to grab the chainsaw and cut trees. You're going to do that for a week for 12 hours a day. You know. Mm-hmm. So he cut trees, and he did. I think he did a home completion on that. Somebody framed it, and he did everything else. So he's working. You know. Yeah. But I'm like, man, but even 15 acres 
of lake frontage property how did you afford this he goes you gotta remember he goes i bought that 1980 he goes nobody wanted to go up there he goes it was just locals up there people weren't getting in the car and driving up there every weekend wasn't a vacation spot yet you know and i mean for some people it was you know it's popular no but like now everybody's got second homes up there Mm -hmm. every lake you fish in the saint germain area you're in somebody's backyard when you're casting shoreline yep you're like waving to them they're barbecuing and you're waving to them he says but in the 1980s nobody wanted to go up there so he bought it for a song worth millions now Mm -hmm. you know and fast forward to today, I want you to go into Oneida or uh, Phyllis County and buy 15 acres of Lake Furniture property. What would you expect to spend on that? $750,000? It would be obscene. Yeah. Um, so pretty much if you have that in your family, it was grandfathered in at a good time. But you're once again, you're talking to a couple of guys that just got into this. We just finished our third season. And trying to jump in on this too late. Too little, too late. You, you, you're just not going to be able to do this with a reasonable drive, you know? So now here's the problem of how this progresses, right? Because it's so expensive. Now we're almost selling zero to the single guy. Now I'm not saying the guy is single as in terms of marriage status. I'm saying like he's one family, one. he's one entity, mm-hmm. right? So big companies are going to be like, well, we have the capital to soak up this entire lakefront. And then they turn it into something crazy. Yeah. And it's creating all these tax dollars so the government's just fine with it. It's like there needs to be some sort of and I'm I'm mostly libertarian for like the vast majority of conversations, except for this one. So when you say giant corporations and big companies can just buy up all this stuff just because they have the capital and you don't. Yep. And they squeeze you down probably so they could do this. It's like there needs to be some sort of break there where we're at the point now where the single family is not going to be able to accrue this land. So now everything that's sold from here on out is going to some something bigger right. that's never going to give it up. Right, and there's it's, no reason for them to sell it, you know. Um, but So when it comes to getting into the private land sector in 2024, just look at what it costs to move into a single family home, you know. Yes, it is, rich, it, it is now a lawyers and doctors and you know, wealthy business owners game. The rest of us are going to be out there in public. All those bums will be out there in public. Let me see if I got anything else. But at, at, so pretty much the one thing uh, I was going through, this argument's not as good. Okay. But I don't even agree with this one, but I'm throwing it out there anyway. I went on like, uh, I don't know if it was Reddit. You know, one of them things where people type something in and everyone responds. Yeah. And somebody says, man, I think renting, uh, hunting is becoming a rich man's game. Look at what it costs to own a bow and look what it costs to own whatever to get set up in it. And I'm like, it's not any different than fishing. You know, like for you brought up the boat thing. That's what I was circling back to. You brought up the boat thing. All right. I tease Dan about spending all the money he does on the hunting stuff. And just like how much he spent on all his nice camo and, you know, he bought a really good bow. But let's just put it this way. He could buy that stuff tenfold for what I spent on my boat. Right. Fivefold yeah. at least, you know. So the equipment, when people bitch about the price of equipment, that's not a strong argument. That's not in hunting. I mean, you can get all spooled up for hunting. And have the greatest, the greatest hunting setup, and you know, without a Can Am, you know what I mean, like without a, without a, a utility vehicle. Well, that's the other thing too. Like with uh, private, you know, everybody's thirty five hundred bucks. Everybody's got a, everybody's got not one four wheeler. They got three or four, you know. And how much do those cost to crack? Mm-hmm. You know, <sighs> those things are. So, but pretty much, if we bought hunting property right now, it would be. I don't know what it would be. A million bucks? 700 grand? 500 grand? I don't know what it would cost to actually get going. So, yes, and that's extra. I already have a baby and a wife and a house, and I just want to go deer hunting. And that's the price tag to do this 
at the caliber that other people do it at. That's why the public land conversation needs to be talked about more and more and more and more because it's going to disappear. It's it's going to be gone. Uh, I don't know something. if it's going to be gone. I don't know if it's going to be gone. Yeah, it's going to be like, okay, this whole state has this 14-acre park where we're going to have 300,000 guys shooting at each other. You know, well, see, the, the one thing, too, I want to I was wondering if this had anything to do with it. But every time you look into an article or you read something about hunting, they're like, hunter numbers are down. Hunting's hunting's a dead thing. And hunting's black. And I, so since when? And then all those numbers start trending down in the 90s, say, or whatever it was, since right. the 70s. And the one thing, too, is I got to imagine back then, if you saw in a lot of spots, if you saw a stretch of trees, you could just go hunt there. Nobody's going to arrest you. Nobody's going to steal your, you know, they're not going to confiscate your stuff. You can go hunt. And all of a sudden they put a no trespassing sign up, you know, and they put another no trespassing sign up and they took this stretch of woods and turned this into a preserve. So you can't hunt there. So now you like pretty much everybody was sprawled out. It was easy to do. And everyone's like, you know what? It's not worth it. It's just not where I'm kind of getting to that point where this isn't something I'm going to do every weekend where I live, you know? Right. Um, it's just like, okay, you guys you guys hurdle us up into this one little spot that's public. Okay, so you got all these hunters, and it's like, well, here's a few thousand acres. Good luck. You know, you guys are all going to walk in together, and you're going to all spook the deer to the other side. There's a couple of deer in there. Yeah, and uh, uh, I kind of lost my train of thought there. But, oh, I was talking about uh, losing hunter numbers. I think it's it got so restrictive, so restrictive, so restrictive to the point where people are like, what am I doing? You know, I don't own, you know, my backyard's not 60 acres. I got to drive down the street and get in line at the, uh, at the trailhead and march in with everybody. And so I got a feeling a lot of people are just like, this isn't worth it. I'm not going to spend 250 grand on a few acres so I can go hunting, you know, without the land. Um, if, like we'll put the land aside. I don't think hunting is a rich man's sport. I think golf is a rich man's sport. That's true too. When you can go out every weekend and drop 70, 80 bucks on golf just, just to play golf. That's a normal game I'm finding out right now too. Yeah. Since just, the just pandemic. To play, you yeah. Know? Remember when me and you were like real mad when we started golfing and there was like a $65 game and you're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, now I guess you can't, you almost can't go anywhere where I spending that, yeah. you know? Oh well, yeah. And that's, you know, that's just, that's just to get on the course. Now you're talking golf balls and what are we going to eat? Are you getting, you know, drinks and whatever. Yeah. And you're like right. in that's, that case, you have to belong to a country club now. Like they're making it that way. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it's golf is a rich man's sport. Golf is a rich man's sport, but like you said, like you said, take the, take the property out of it. And you're right. I, it's way more expensive to golf than it is to hunt. And, way and more as expensive. far as the equipment goes, like that's just the startup fee. It's not like you're buying a new bow every year. You know, it's the, you're, you're buying arrows. You're buying just the upkeep. But even stuff, still but arrows, not, like after I got good at shooting my bow, I, I buy arrows just to have backups. Yeah. Like, you're just really, in case they fly funny or something, but I haven't, I haven't really lost an arrow in two years. So you if know? I, if me coming in from the outside, wanted to get all geared up hunting. You think three grand would get me set up pretty well. Definitely. We actually covered it in the last one. I said about two grand, I can get you going bow hunting. Yeah. About two grand. I can get you decently set up. So for less than eight golf trips a year, I can belong to two ranges. Yeah. There you go. That's mm-hmm. one way of looking me at it. Me and you would do that in a month. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. but yeah, outside of, outside of owning land, you're right. But pretty much that—that that is the cut and dry. That's where the line is drawn in hunting is access. Yep. Is Are access. you owning land or not? Uh, so I—I I was on the boat um, when I was on the honeymoon with this guy who's got him and another guy. He said have over a thousand acres of public ground to hunt to all themselves. 
public to themselves. I'm sorry, private to themselves. I keep confusing the two. But he's got so him and another guy have over a thousand acres of private all to themselves. Man. He shot he's like, Can you believe they limited it down to twelve deer? That I'm thinking twelve <laughs> deer. Yeah. You know, but for a thousand acres, that ain't that much. You know what I mean? Yeah, if it's only those two. Per guy, you know? I meant to tell you yesterday, you know the field right next to my house over here? There was at least fifty deer out there at dusk yesterday. At least fifty. I've never seen so many deer standing in one spot. Where? Right here between us and the road, to the east. It's uh. Well, I'll explain it after. I don't. So wanna... for this guy and another guy to have thousand acres, like you got to be, you got to be either grandfathered in or super rich, right? That's a thousand. That's thousand acres locked up to a family, though. You know, it's not like some big company that says, "Oh, well, our corporate policy is that nobody can step within no, you know, without business hours or supervision." You know, what I mean, like yeah. they have all these stupid ass rules. Well, like the, the guy I went on a private. Uh, hunt with like i asked him i said you ever do this on public because he was a hunter it was some old lease that they had that dried up but once again by somebody sold it yeah. denied access and so that's when he was on the hunt for finding his own private uh and that's how he turned into that's how it got to this you know but he's he's he doesn't he's he says he's hunted public before but it's not really his thing so it's like in his mind it's like this is what the, this is the cost i want to go deer hunting i want to shoot big deer i'm willing to pay the money so but he also works in the one department that makes a lot of money at our place. And uh, uh, he can afford it. It's so far, he can afford it. I don't know how he's, you know, if he's feeling stretched. I'd never ask him about finances. I don't know if he's feeling thinned out or not. But he had to go, he went from leasing to, he had to spend a lot of money to be able to do what he's doing, you know. Uh, and I don't have it. I don't have, I don't have that kind of money to do. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can lease, but then I'm looking, I'm like, well, I could just go fishing in November and just pay somebody for a cow. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, so for me, the average guy with no land, it is so much worth it. You know, we were thinking about like, what do we do going forward? Like, of course, I want to get a place with a bunch of land someday, right? And be able to hunt. But for right now, I I could go a couple of years and still have fun hunting, even if I don't get anything, right? Like to me, I, I could still have fun. There's still, it's still a hunt. Mm-hmm. I it's, it's worth it to bank on buying your meat somewhere else and you don't spend money on exotic hunts or, you know, leasing land or whatever. Uh, it is worth it. It's disappointing when you don't get something, but that's what public land is here for. And we need to make sure that public land goes on into the future. And you might get mad that your buddy's out there with you, but at the same time, you kind of got to be happy that he is because they're help. They're helping supporting. I I think anything that is paid for by the government, more than 10 acres in property should be legally. We should be allowed to hunt it anywhere, anytime. If it's more than 10 acres of jointed property, it should not be restricted for this use, that use. If you're allowed to frisbee golf in it, why can I not shoot a deer in it? Because you might be offended by my activity. Like, I just don't think that's right. I just don't think it's right. Because like we have we have a beautiful stretch of woods right here. That's probably, I don't know, five to a thousand acres right here. Not a trail in it. Nope. There's not just woods. It's empty. It's empty. They don't even manage it. There's so much down timber in there that if that was just if something was to spark that. Like the whole neighborhood's burning down, you know. You could walk like, around in it. Yeah, so like you need you to do. get you a flashlight. It is that's where the deer I was telling you about last night came from, and it's it's so massive, and you can't do a thing with it. And it's like, why is that not huntable? Why is it illegal for me to go in there and hunt? Anyway, a couple little things I want to cover off on. All this is also plays the same for waterfowl hunting. So you have to be, you have to have a large number of money to amount of money to get into waterfall hunt. Like if you're going to go goose hunting, you need land that's in a spot. You need to dig a pit. Uh, you need to have decoys. You're not going to be shooting these things without decoys. 
decoys are really expensive to get a good spread going. So with waterfowl, it's the same problem. It's the same problem with waterfowl. I would have something like that you guys probably know a little bit more than me, but uh, let's just say you wanted to spend the money and you wanted to get a guide service. Like your your chances are obviously better getting a guide to show you the area. I mean, maybe if you're going out west or something, but uh, what do guides cost? Oh, I, mean, I don't even know. I know some of these hunting trips out west are ten grand, twenty grand, and oh, it's man. huge. It's huge. And at that point, if you really want to kill something, just lease property then, you know? Mm -hmm. But that's the thing is it's expendable income. But I just, my thing is where do I set the bar? So I wanted to compare this to fishing. Nowhere in the world do you need special land to fish. I can go and I can be like, oh, the best fishing spot in the world is this lake. You don't need land at all to fish. You need water. And very few, very few lakes in the Midwest anymore are private. There's still a couple out there. They're little. They're independently stocked, you know. Mm-hmm. But you look at the river systems we have. You look at the Great Lakes. You look at – there's nothing restricting you from going anywhere on Lake Michigan to catch a fish. There's nothing, okay? You could be the best fisherman in the world and never own a piece of it. Yep. And so that's the huge – that's like the biggest difference. Yeah, that, there's the, that's a big contrast, man. Yeah. You could be – the. You know where you know where it starts getting funny? is boat launches so we were talking about the price of boat launches on lake michigan yeah. and you know things like that that's where it starts you know how much are you willing to spend to launch your boat but that's it i can there is not a spot like oh man i'd catch bigger muskie if i could only own this lake you know yeah that's not a conversation in the fishing world mm-hmm. this is only the hunting world what do they raise the price to on that one launch which launch and on michigan on lake michigan oh the one like 30 bucks yeah it's 30 bucks yeah <laughs> For, and it's like, oh, I got, you know what? The wife's busy. She's got the baby. I got a couple hours to kill. It's going to cost you 30 bucks to drop in there. And then you get the early pass, you know, and then you got to go so many times to make your money back on that. I and, think that, you know, public access, like water access should be a right. You know what I mean? I really do think it should be a right. I think so, too. I think every so many miles of a river, especially like uh, the one river I like to fish right up here, I found, I was looking on Onyx and how much the Forest Preserve owns all the way down that river. Why is there no access after the one boat launch we go to, there's like nothing. The crappy boat launch? Yeah. Yeah. There's like no other, there's nothing. There's nothing. It's why it's, it's all taxpayer dollar. Mm-hmm. And then you just look at all the land they own outside of there. Why can't we hunt that? Why Nobody's walking back there. Nobody's, you know, why can't I go in there and shoot with a, with archery, you know? Yeah, I think I think anything with over 10 acres should be huntable. I think I should be able to go in there and shoot a squirrel. I should be able to shoot a deer. Sorry if you're offended by it. There's other woods over there I can't do that. Go to those, you yep. know? I won't be offended by you walking through here, cross-country skiing. Shouldn't be offended by me deer hunting. Or at least, you know, make it huntable with stuff other than firearms. Like, you know, like a bow. <clears throat> that's what I mean. It, like, if you're really worried about the safety aspect of it, just make a bow. I, that's what I said. Everything should just be archery. If, yeah. you're, if you're on the fence about whether or not you should be allowed to be hunting, just make it no firearm. You know, I'm not going to launch an arrow 80 yards. Slingshot. Yeah, slingshot. <laughs> Spear. Yeah. Let me say uh, you don't take accidental shots with a bow. You know what I mean? You just don't. Any final thoughts you guys want to talk about? Am I right? Am I wrong? Like, what do you think? I, I think I think you think you're half I don't know. and half. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm half and half. Yeah. Okay. So you think you think it's just as fair on public as it is private? You think it's – it's? I shouldn't say fair. Fair is not the yeah, right word. Yeah, fair is not the right word. Um, uh, just as um, – It has its challenges. the same value. Yeah. Is it – and is it? Is I mean, what do you – I don't think it's worth it to go out and buy. And this is me, right? I don't have an expendable income. I'm still a little guy. I don't know. I don't think it's worth it to spend that. Like, I, 
I don't think the solution to being like to shooting deer should be that you have to pay for X amount of land a year, whether it's 3,500 bucks or 120,000 or whatever you put into your land a year. I don't think it should be that. I guess I think the whole deer hunting world is closing in on itself. So they're like, oh, we don't have deer hunters. And without hunters, we don't have people that care about the... And it's like, well, they've been chased out. I don't know what to tell you. They've right. been... They've been they, priced out. Yeah, yeah they just... It's like a, a guy with a bow and an arrow and some camo wants to go hunting. It's like, where can you go? Well, we got this little spot that's, you know, three hours away from you. If you go... If you get there at the right time, you can get the right spot. And it's like... And another thing too, when they go and do these programs where they have to get X amount of numbers, like that should be a supervised thing done by hunters. Does that make sense? Oh, Instead of the DNR guy going out there and cleaning out 40 deer in an afternoon and being yeah, like, well, yeah, they make me go out there with a bow in certain times of the year, but they get to go out with a 308 with bait, yeah. you know? And, and it's, it's, it's like, yeah, that I can kill them that way too. Yeah. You know, you should, I should be able to get a lottery where I get to use the same stuff DNR does, you know? Yeah. Anyway, that's I don't really have a whole lot else. Do you guys have a? Do you guys have any anything else you want to say? How about you, Bill? You got anything you want to say? No, this was all kind of new to me. That's I. You guys are obviously a lot more knowledgeable on the subjects than me. Um, but you, but you have guys that work that hunt. That's why I thought maybe you would. Uh, they all hunt private land. Yeah. So like hearing their stories and hearing our stories, what do you think? I mean, if, if you want to be a more successful hunter, yeah, access to private land is the way to go. Those guys go out. Yep, killed two deer this weekend. <laughs> Okay, that's you know. Yeah, they get to they get to feed them all year with feeders, yep. and they pull the they feeders go down away. South. Yeah, Bob goes down south, and yeah, yeah, I got two this weekend. What the solution is going forward is protect public land because they're going to try and take it away at every turn. They just are. They're going to try and sell it. You know, certain governments are going to get in and be like, "Well, we can make so much money off of this. Can't you? Why can't you see this?" And it's like it's so important to have that because at some point, when the population totally explodes to an unlivable level, this stuff will all be preserved. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The one thing too, real quick, let's touch on it is you when when I first introduced this topic to Pat, he's like, "Oh, you mean like out west?" You know. So what are you, what are your thoughts on when when you hear hunting is a rich man's sport or pay to play? What do you think I, about? My mind instantly goes to like goat, elk, um, moose, moose. Well, what about that makes it pay to play? Oh, because like there's some states like if you're gonna hunt and you're from out of state, you need to have a guide. Yeah, Alaska's that way, I believe. Alaska, um, there's certain things you gotta you gotta hunt. You have to have a. I, I think it's a safety thing too. You know, it's like it maybe for the Arctic Circle or like the really northern areas. Like, yeah, maybe that should be a thing if X amount of people are dying. But in Montana, you know, like what I think it is is they're like since you're already coming here and you are using our population of animals for your enjoyment, we want you to stimulate the economy. We want more money coming into the state. But then here's my thought with that, okay? So you're going to be real restrictive, whether you got to be a resident to do something or whatever. You shouldn't get federal dollars to pay for your wildlife that my federal dollars, I'm not allowed to go shoot. I paid my fed taxes. You guys got it to stock whatever, and now you're telling me I can't come hunt it? You should lose fed dollars. You should be state funded. The thing that makes me worry about like that kind of scenario where you need to have you know one of these people help you on your hunt and you need to pay them X amount is the government could be in cahoots there. They could know all of the guys that are the guides, right? So there, there is some level of power there that's overreaching, and I don't like that. Yeah, I for me, it's just like okay, you guys want to, you guys want to be your own state where we can't have out of towners. Then quit taking out of towner money to fund your your right, stuff. Right. That's my biggest thing. And you know? I, I get lotteries, populations, lotteries. But I'm not complaining about any of that. But when you start getting restrictive because it's out of state. That they oh it's fine if you lived here it's not I get it they're trying to get people to move they're mm-hmm. trying to get money for their economy in their state I get it 
but there should also be, we should be able to restrict you guys on your rules too. Okay, fine. I won't come hunt there. Give me my money back that I put it into it. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. I just, like one side of the aisle thinks, you know, um, that the other side of the aisle takes a whole bunch of rights away in terms of like human rights where they're totally fine with trying to take away all of your rights as it is to hunting, fishing, whatever. They're fine with all of it. Take it all away. Who cares? I don't do that. And so the the further that reality gets, like this is why on one hand you're thinking, oh, well, if there's more people out there hunting, then there's less for me to hunt. On the other hand, if there's more people out there hunting, there's more people that care about hunting, right? Right. So there is a fine line to be played there because there is a good chunk of the population that they don't know anything about it and they think that you're out there murdering little bunnies. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Clubbing, like you're clubbing seals, right? Like but they don't think into it at all. You're right, but like as humans, we just created this situation where there are less hunters. Like it was all it was all done. Nobody stopped anybody from hunting. Right. I mean, it's just that, that's the world getting softer. That's and, what that is. Well, it's, it's but like pretty much what I'm saying is we created this problem by losing access. Is where so this now it came back. We lost hunters. Outside people don't like hunters. We need more inside people. Okay, I want to be an inside person. Where can I hunt? You got to buy some land, dude. Up there, where at? Oh, it's over there. Five hundred grand will get you going. And it's like, no, nah, I'll just I just won't be a hunter then. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, we need more hunters, and it, it just it keeps going like this. Access is the problem. It's 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 access. Yeah, you know? this is the one thing that separates the United States from the rest of the world. I mean, look at England. You've you, you like they, they, don't they call them the king's deer, right? Yeah. So, so when I actually you shoot a deer in England. It's the king's deer you're shooting. It right? used to be like that. Pre- it used to be like that pre-revolutionary times here hunting i believe in america wasn't exactly you can do it because the king owns the wildlife right it's, you're shooting the king's deer you know stuff like that and that i know in england for sure it was like that and i thought it was like that in the u.s too technically but because it's such a small place with such a large population you know and it, it's relatively small compared to the united states it's like super small you know 125th or whatever their evolution did not include freedoms it just right. didn't. It included nothing but I own this. You don't start a war if you want it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and we we can't have it that way. Anyway, we could wrap this up. I just wanted to. What'd you think? Good topic, bad topic? Oh, it's a great topic. It's it's, it's something we could do forty more episodes on. I mean, it's just. I'm excited um, for next week's topic. Yeah, or if it's going to be next week or whatever we do it. So are you guys going to wait in the moment to surprise me, or no? We'll tell you afterwards. I oh. I, I don't want to allude too much right here, but this is. This is this is interesting and it's uh, controversial. You know, in our our thing, we do talk about how we talk about controversial topics. So right. we got to throw a few of them out there. Here's one. Next yeah, week's this one. Is one. Yeah. The one thing too is I, like on this video, I didn't do it for the one that's coming out next week. I'm making lower thirds. So like you know what a lower third is like when somebody introduces you, Pat. You know, and then there's gonna be a little thing that describes you guys. I already know what they're gonna be, but I'm not telling you until you see them. So you got to tune in to the YouTube video. I have no idea what the hell he's talking about. Me neither. But so, you know, like when you're watching the news or an interview and like a thing slides I, up and it says, this is uh, yeah, gotcha. oh, yeah. Donald Trump, president of the United States at the bottom. Yeah. Okay. So it's going to say Bush like Billy. And then there's going to be a, a description of Bush like Billy. Underneath. Can you like put like a fake time in the weather? And uh, I could do, I could do all kinds of stuff. That, that would be hilarious. But uh, so it's going to be, it's going to say Pat and it's going to say whatever underneath. But I already know what it's going to say. So you got to tune in. Did, are the, we going to make one for you? Uh, I already kind of made one for me and Kel laughed at it. So yeah. head, head of the industry, <laughs> <laughs> Supreme <laughs> commander, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> King of the outdoors. Uh, that's it. Any, any last thoughts? Oh, I started deleting episodes, by the way. I started. I didn't. Uh, yeah. Did you archive them at least? Uh, no, just deleted them. Come on, dude. You know, what's the ones I deleted was remember when we were doing daily 
Oh yeah, those. So, uh, but so there was a few. Uh, some I want you to redo. There's some. Oh yeah, kind of. No, that's good. Yeah, I like that. I just started getting rid of some of the low hanging fruit ones because that was uh, we experimented with that. It didn't work. Where we were doing daily twenty minute things. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, so it just didn't work. So I got rid of those. But there was a couple of good ones that you'd probably like to redo. That's it, everybody. Any comments, questions? Uh, Pat's address is. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, show up e- at my door and be like, I didn't see you like murdering bunnies. Email us at the mid the Midwest Frontier at gmail.com. And that's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Thanks for everyone. Listening.